Hello and welcome to the Rewrite Your Story podcast. I'm your host, Emily Smith, and I am pumped to share my story with you and how I've used some incredibly powerful tools to rewrite my past, present, and future. And I'm here to share this with you so you too can see, know, and practice rewriting your own personal story and create the life you truly deserve and desire. So let's dive in and get started. Welcome to episode one of the Rewrite Your Story podcast. I am so, so excited to be sharing my story with you today. This podcast has been a long time coming. I have been thinking about it for a while and it's gotten to the point where I've thought I can't make any excuses anymore. I am going to make this happen. So here I am. And today I'm going to be sharing my story with you because I'm often telling myself and telling people about how I rewrote my past and everyone wants to know how. How is that possible? You can't change the past, right? Well, yes and no. This podcast is going to be a space where I share with you the exact tools, methods, and strategies that I've used to change the way I view my past and how that allows me to have more choice in the present. And it's creating a magic for me in my future and that future that I'm already experiencing. I've already started creating that magic and experiencing it now. So you see, I previously would have told you that I experienced trauma as a young child. And now I would tell you my childhood was perfect and exactly what I needed. And I didn't change that perception just overnight, but I have changed it. And damn, it feels good. It's very liberating and empowering to let go of the, the resentment and the guilt and the regret that I held for many, many years. So in brief, talking about my my childhood with respect to my family, not sharing in huge detail. I was, as a young child from the age of one, caught up in a custody dispute. Unknown to me, obviously, at that young age, I didn't understand what was going on. Now, my parents were young and they made mistakes. And many of the memories that I've held on to or that I was holding on to left me feeling unwanted, unloved, and not good enough. That became my truth. I moved between houses a lot at a very young age, and I was really confused. And this confusion showed up as anger, actually as rage in a lot of ways. And by the age of five, I was seeing a counsellor for this anger. And I remember having an angry pillow, one of the strategies my my counselor gave me was having an angry pillow that on one side there was rainbows and butterflies and all these happy things and it was facing up that way most of the time but on the other side it had um, rain clouds and, and pictures of angry things that I had drawn on this pillowcase and whenever I was angry instead of kicking doors or punching doors or people I was allowed to flip my pillow over and beat the crap out of it. So that was one of my strategies when I was five. And I've told people, I tell people about this angry pillow now and they think, really? <laughs> and you know what? It was, it was a great strategy at the time. 
And I still think about that time seeing that counsellor very fondly because I did learn some great strategies at that point and it was, it was what I needed at that age. And then, you know, I grew older. I still had these, these feelings, these beliefs that I was unwanted, unloved, not good enough. And obviously getting into my teenage years with the usual teenage dramas, but found that I was searching for that, that love, that connection, that thought that I was wanted. And I had a lot of boyfriends. I slept with a lot of boys at a young age and this really wasn't serving me in a positive way, but that was my coping strategy at that point in time. Moving on into university and at university, I found drugs of all kinds and I honestly thought that everybody my age was doing that because all of the people that I was around were doing that. I thought it was normal and I thought I was having a great time, even though there was massive highs and massive lows, as you can imagine. By the end of university, I decided I needed to leave New Zealand. So I left New Zealand and that was great. I left that scene. I traveled and that was a really important part of my journey. But it also came with its challenges, right? It came with its challenges and I started to experience things like anxiety, panic attacks and insomnia. Now I had traveled around and had ended up back in Australia. So I'm originally from New Zealand and, and now I live in Western Australia and I've lived here for 11 years now. And by the time I was living in Australia, I'd, I'd pretty much lost complete contact with my dad. And I think a lot of that came down to the fact that I had allowed those those feelings and beliefs that I had held on for so long to limit my contact with him because I felt like that was going to protect me, protect me from those emotions. Even though they were still there, I was avoiding them. I felt like it was protecting me. And I'd studied to become a teacher in my first year of teaching. All of this unconscious all these unconscious beliefs and emotions that I was holding and the, the outcome of these, the panic attacks, the anxiety and the insomnia led me to start taking sleeping pills and also drinking a lot of alcohol. So my way of getting to sleep in my first year of teaching was taking sleeping pills and drinking alcohol. It's not really the ideal way of getting to sleep, right? And I remember this moment when I woke up one I don't know, morning, night at some point when it was dark outside after having taken more sleeping pills than I'd like to admit and having drunk plenty of alcohol enough for me to feel like I'm ready to pass out. And I woke up paralyzed on the floor next to my bed. I couldn't move. And I was looking, I had my head to the side. I couldn't get myself up off the floor to get back into the bed. And I remember thinking, oh, shit, something needs to change. I need something different. This is not working. So the next day I made an appointment with my doctor and ended up going on anxiety medication. So for two weeks, as the anxiety medication was kicking in, I actually went back to New Zealand for that time so that uh, mum could help me through it. And in this, in this process, I started to think about all of the things that I could start doing to make my, myself feel better. I didn't like the idea of being on medication. 
even though I had no problem taking drugs in the past, I I didn't like the idea of being on the anxiety medication. So I wanted to find new ways of fixing me. That was the way I would have thought of it at that point was to fix me. So I downloaded, no, I didn't download. I purchased, because at this point it wasn't the download era of meditation. I purchased these meditation CDs called Holysync. And they were like the original binaural beats meditation. And you'd listen to them for an hour. So I had my my laptop. I'd put the CD CD in and plug my earphones in. And I would listen to this meditation for an hour, an hour every single day, right? I really committed to it. Um, Bearing in mind that, you know, I was young, I didn't have a family, I didn't have any kind of... um, anything that was going to stop me from doing an hour of meditation other than my excuses, but I was committed. I was committed. So I started by doing that and I definitely found that that helped. And I was also talking to a psychologist at the time every couple of weeks. So I was feeling like I was on the right track. I I then also introduced some exercise into my life. I started playing a team sport, which I'd never really done before. I started doing some running, but I was still drinking a lot. I was still in my early 20s to mid 20s and I was still drinking a lot of alcohol um, and that was just a really big part of my life and who I was, especially on the weekends. And I was using this exercise and this meditation as a way of managing my mental health and I do see that that is a really common way of managing mental health, right? But to just have those tools wasn't going to work for me forever. I still needed to address the root cause of what was going on and why I was experiencing that anxiety and still the anger as well. So fast forward a couple of years, I met my husband and we got married. To to say that I regret the fact that I didn't invite my dad, I, I do regret that, but I've let God forgiven myself for that. So my my dad and that side of my family wasn't invited to my wedding. I didn't even tell them about it. That's how much I was trying to protect myself from those negative emotions. And after getting married, we we soon had we soon became pregnant with my first child, my first daughter. And I found pregnancy really hard. I had gone off the anxiety medication to get pregnant because I thought that was the right thing to do. And unfortunately, that anxiety add-on depression came back while I was pregnant because I still hadn't dealt with the root cause of my problems and I couldn't exercise in the way that I wanted to either. Um, I was tired and I was still working full-time. I also had a really unsupportive boss at the time too. And I was actually suicidal when I was pregnant with my first child and I didn't tell anyone. I was so scared. I was so incredibly scared of telling someone because I thought, what will they do to me if I tell someone that I'm having these thoughts? They'll take my child away. And honestly, the fact that I was pregnant and knowing that if I did that to myself, how that would potentially do that to her too, that's what stopped me. So she saved my life in so many ways. And it was a really tough ride. And as soon as she was born, I went back to the doctor and I went straight back on medication. Thank goodness. 
I needed that because the first six weeks of having her, she was colicky and it was it was a challenge, you know, but we made it through and I went back on medication and then I decided that I wanted to do a little bit more work on myself and started studying to become a personal trainer because I'd been using exercise to help my mental health. So I thought, I want to learn more about this and I want to learn about how I can use this to help other people. So I started to become a personal trainer and started up my own business as a personal trainer, which was a success quite quickly. We were living in a small town at the time and I picked up clients really quickly. And while I was working with these clients, I realized that when they were coming to me, they were motivated, but when they weren't with me, they weren't motivated. And so it wasn't actually about the exercise. It was about the mindset. So I started looking for these tools, mindset tools for my clients. I was looking for the mindset tools for my clients, not for me at the time. And I stumbled on something called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. And honestly, I didn't really know what it was all about, but I had a chat on the phone to a few different providers and I really connected with one and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go and do this training. I'm going to go and do a week of NLP and timeline therapy practitioner training because I know this is going to be what I need to give the mindset tools to my clients that they need. Well, little did I know that it was going to be the one thing that changed my life. I was looking for something for my clients and the universe provided so much more than that. What I got was so much more than that. That one week of NLP and timeline therapy practitioner training completely changed my life. I learned about the power of the mind and it absolutely, I just, I can't even, like I'm losing my words. I can't even put it into words how much it changed. It changed my world in so many ways. I've since studied hypnotherapy and my master's in NLP and timeline therapy with the same people. And uh, now it's my full-time job. I'm a one-on-one coach, but I also do online programs and memberships. My one-to-one coaching is sold out with a waiting list because what I can show my clients is so powerful and so life-changing. You know, now I am no longer on medication for anxiety. I have two young kids. One of them is at school full-time and the other one is at daycare just three days a week. And with her at daycare three days a week, I still run a successful business and I still exercise regularly. I have that balance in my life, that flexibility in my life. And I've created that. I still get emotions like anger. I still get emotions like anxiety, but it's okay because the fear of the emotions isn't there. It doesn't escalate because I have the tools. I have the strategies to allow myself to just feel an emotion and let it go. And you know, the way I perceive my childhood now is so different. You know, I'm able to see the the love from everyone around me and the pain that they were all experiencing and the fact that I was so wanted. And it's, it's beautiful that I've now been able to heal relationships from my past You know, the the beginning of this year in in February, I had my first ever proud sister moment at the age of 32 when my sister, just four years younger than me, completed 
the Kathmandu coast to coast race in New Zealand. It was absolutely surreal. You know, I've had this sister almost my whole life and I've never had one of those proud sister moments because we didn't have that relationship. We didn't have that connection. So to have that moment at the age of 32, it's bringing tears to my eyes just thinking about that. And now that we can build that connection, I can build those connections with the, the people that I lost in my life early on. It's okay because now we can, we can build from here from a place of understanding. So how did I do this? How did I do this? How did I change this for myself? I used the power of timeline therapy to let go of the emotions and the beliefs of be- that have been holding me back to see my life, see my past from a new perspective. I used hypnosis to make these new perspectives, my new default way of thinking. And I use neuro-linguistic programming strategies to consistently, consistently practice the power of my mind. And it's been a journey and it's going to continue to be a journey. But it's such an empowering and liberating journey when you have these tools because you can change anything. Your mind is yours to change. And your mind is so powerful, just like mine is. And the impact of this, you know, in all areas of my life, it's, it's not just been about the stories that I tell myself about my life, but it's impacted my health because health isn't just about what you eat and how you move. It's about the words that you use in your mind. Positive thinking completely changes your health. But it's not that easy to positively think all the time, right? So these strategies have helped me to reframe the way I think so that there's that balance. The impact on things like even my finances, you know, I've rewritten the way that I talk to myself about money. And the way that I choose to spend money or save money or where I put my money. I don't have to spend money on things to make myself feel good anymore. It's had a huge impact on my relationships, you know, in in my marriage, but also with the people around me. Obviously, the relationships in my family and my relationship with my, my kids, my relationship with myself. That's huge as well. You know, how often do we think about the relationship that we have with ourselves? The stories that I'm able to change that I say to myself changes the the love that I have for myself in such a positive way. It's changed, it's impacted my, my friendships. I've moved around a lot as an adult and and as a child, but as an adult, I've been able to move around and make a lot of friends, connect with people because I let go of the stories that I've previously might've told myself about, you know, people judging me or caring about what people think of me. And even the impact on my spirituality, on my connection to the universe, to my higher self, whatever you, whatever you encompass as spirituality, I've been able to really positively create a great journey into an understanding of my own spirituality and and my own personal growth. So that's a bit about my story. And I'm hoping that it's inspired you to look at your own life and think, hmm, you know, I wonder if I could look at my story and start to find some strategies to rewrite my story so that it serves me in a better way, so that it has a more positive impact on all of those areas of my life. 
Our life really is created by the stories that we tell ourselves. So in this podcast, you're going to learn to rewrite those stories so you can rewrite your life. Take the reins and make it amazing. Thanks for joining me today on the Rewrite Your Story podcast. Make sure to visit my free Facebook group, The Wonder Woman Mindset and Movement Squad, link in the show notes, where you can access loads of free resources. And while you're at it, if you've found value in this podcast, I would really appreciate a rating on iTunes or Spotify, or if you'd like to simply tell a friend about it, then that would really help me out too. And if you like this podcast, you might want to check out my membership programs, my online programs, or one-to-one coaching. More details on my website, bethinkdocoaching.com. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode. Thank you and peace out.